0: The beer sportsnet 650 presents just here for, for the beer. beer canada's original dedicated beer radio show i don't mean to have a one track mind but all
1: i need is a frost pine
0: a Vancouver tradition for 10 years in counting, we're talking about the BC beer scene with the innovators, the movers and shakers and brewmakers of the industry. I don't mean to whine and back, but someone finally top that keg. I'm just here for the beer. He's just, just here, here for, for the, the beer, beer, beer radio, radio with, with your hosts room. Joe Leary
2: and Rick Moha Beer.
3: It is our very special, dedicated show to the breweries of North Langley, the area that has grown so much. There's two separate areas of Langley and two separate beer communities. Isn't it crazy? It's incredible. We're broadcasting from the patio of the Barley Merchant on 200th, right by the Cineplex. Just here for the beer, presented by Shop Angry Otter Liquor Stores, where local lives. 28 locations from Vancouver to the Okanagan. BC's premier liquor shopping experience has something for everybody. And speaking of which, look who it is. It's yes. Sean Weatherly, ladies and gentlemen. Sean Weatherly is the marketing and communications manager for Angry Otter Liquor Stores, and uh, somebody we've not seen in quite a while. Good to see you again. Sure, how are you?
4: Yeah, doing good. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Absolutely. We really
3: it. Well, you're a company in growth mode, aren't you?
4: Uh, Yeah. Wow. The last uh, few years have been crazy for us. I remember uh, 2018, we opened up our first liquor store, and we said, oh, this is so great. It'd be awesome if we could have three of these in a couple of years. Uh, and uh, now we're sitting at 28. So it has been a crazy few years of growth for us, but we're so excited. And,
3: and of course, when we think of Angry Auto, we always talk about the flagship store, which is Liquor on 248th. Big operation. Mass Big operation. I mean, you've got a walk-in freezer so you can get lost in.
4: Yeah, one of the largest in B.C., <laughs> yeah. for sure. It is awesome. I mean, if we don't have it, I'm sure you don't need it. Uh, it is crazy in there.
3: Well, it's funny, Sean, because when you go back in time, if we had this conversation five, ten years ago, somebody might have said, well, why do you need that much space? You're talking about beer. Well, look what has happened. Just beer alone never mind the ciders yeah. never mind the distills the product that's out there the wine scene that's opened up but just beer alone the, the growth of the industry in bc we always talk we started this program in 2010 and i think there was 51 licensed breweries in british columbia i just talked to ken Beatty the other day 247 is the new number wow Jeez. 247 just in british columbia
5: wow and probably growing and every and single grow. month yeah yeah there's yeah. 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 Probably more on the books that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, so. yeah,
3: and and again, it's it's a it's a it's a circus that a lot of smaller stores have to juggle because in order to take this new product in, something has to go. You at least in, on 248, you have the luxury of having some space, but even then, I'm sure you've got to make some hard decisions.
4: Absolutely, uh, one of the things that we really we sort of let our, our customers end up dictating that in that end where you know we will both tie in because with 28 locations one thing that we've absolutely learned is you cannot just take the exact same beer cooler and just copy and paste it across all 28. For sure. Doesn't work out that way even um, we used to have we worked with a lot of different collabs with different groups like uh, Old Yale Brewing and fantastic product but a lot of the times you know with like our locations in the Okanagan it might not necessarily resonate as much with the people up there compared to here so that's one thing that we always even with the- the size of that we're tailoring it based off of what the people in the community want and building onto it onto that
3: now again it's a a fine line you walk because you want to be representative of what the scene is you want to be representative of local certainly but it's also important that you have a staff that kind of get it because it's i mean it's really hard to keep track of all the stuff and especially in the rtd side we do an rtd show now and, um, man, I don't even know how you can juggle that stuff on the shelves because there's so much product coming in your door. Probably every day you've got a rep coming in saying, hey,
4: you should try this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've uh, we've almost created a little bit of a council uh, for it <laughs> yeah. where uh, Troy, who's sort of our director and, and runs uh, the full division, as well as uh, Caril, who's our beer buyer and also our TDs, um, as well as a couple of the other people on the team that, you know, we know that they've got really good tastes and they come through. Uh, whenever we get stuff coming in every single day, it's that I hear from them all the time. They go on the weekend. And it's, all right, we've got these six to 12 that we need to go through and try and report back on Monday. And it's uh, it, we want to make sure that the quality's there for everything yeah. that we have. So you've got to test it all. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's a lot to keep up with. I don't know how they do it myself.
3: Oh, Sean, it's been a while since we've uh, physically seen you. But uh, I think the last time was well before COVID was, was even a, a word that we were throwing around. Uh, COVID didn't hurt the liquor business that much. It actually kind of gave birth to a lot of the, it sort of helped a lot of the small businesses during that time.
4: Absolutely, I think it uh, it helped out the small businesses on the liquor side. The decline in the hospital the hospitality sector went through. It people were still going to look for you know their beverages and wanting to go through, and we were able to. Uh, very luckily in that way be able to support that and provide that and be able to continue, which has been awesome, but uh, we're seeing it decline now that hospitality is getting back up and running and you know people's habits are changing, but uh, we're still just really excited and people are still going through and supporting
3: and it. And you're so. juggling a few things within the umbrella of Angry Otter because you also have the Tap and Forno. We've done a show probably a few years ago Yes. Uh, in North Van on Marine Drive, That's right. a really cool location. Um, is that part of the brand? Is that also in growth mode?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the the things hospitality has been something that we're really focusing on because we think it, it just ties in so well together the liquor stores and then also the restaurants yeah. as well so uh in north van we've got the angry otter tap and forno and what that is is it's got 26 taps on hand there uh, you're going to be able to get local favorites and everything with that, as well as a nice big hot forno pizza oven. Um, we got like bourbon bar, bacon uh, pizzas going. They got some unreal burgers. Uh, my personal favorite is called the Big Kahuna, where it's uh, you know you got your ground beef burger, but then it also has some nice spicy salami on there, a little bit of grilled pineapple. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop
5: it! Putting on weight already. <laughs> oh yeah,
4: no. So we're uh, we absolutely have been stoked for the tap and forno side, and um, we're in gross mode right now. We do own a couple of other restaurants, uh, both the Highwomen. In Abbotsford, and uh, we just recently purchased the Sawbucks Pub out in South Surrey as well. And, and the
3: plan is to all rebrand under the Angry Otter name.
4: Uh, you know what? We're still confirming all of that right. on the b- rebranding side because one of the things is with both of those pubs is that they're very local institutions with yes. a lot of history yeah. behind yeah. them, yes. and so we're trying to find the best way where we can get some consistency between the menus on all of them, where you know you walk into this place and you know that it mm-hmm. is an Angry Otter location, uh, but you're still able to get you know the same favorites that you had before that people like it. And it still maintains that same history with it, too. So it's a it's a delicate balancing act that we're all three restaurants right now, um, but we're just slowly moving towards that and building onto it. It's really exciting.
3: Well, we're excited that we could make your reacquaintance because um, you're juggling a lot of balls in the air. you got a team of people with you, though, which is good to know, because you're 28 locations in, and something tells me you ain't stopping there.
4: No, uh, we've uh, <laughs> we've been really blessed for our growth, for sure. Um, absolutely. At yeah. 28 locations right now, uh, as far as West Van all the way through up to Vernon, and uh, you know, we're always Looking for more opportunities and where it makes sense, so we can just help and give back to people and be able to offer our great beer selection and spirits and wine on top of that.
3: You can check out Angry Otter Liquor on Facebook, Instagram, or angryotterliquor.crs for a location or a list of locations. Good to see you again, Sean. Cheers, man. Thanks Cheers. so much, guys. Talk to you soon.
0: You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3. Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your host Joe Leary and Rick Beer.
3: Listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio, broadcast on Sportsnet 650 AM, 96.9 FM, HD3, and available for download through all streaming devices. Go online to justhereforthebeer.com and check us out on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTB. We are broadcasting from the patio of the Barley Merchant on 200th and Langley, where BC Craft Beer lives. Everything yes. is dedicated. We'll, we'll talk to uh, Tim Leahy about that uh in just a bit but it's really cool because today we're doing a dedicated show uh, on the North Langley beer scene as we were saying earlier the area is so big that there's two dedicated parts of Langley that have their own active beer scenes and this is really cool because it was about a year ago this time give or take That we were doing our first dedicated north langley beer show and of breweries one of them had not yet opened that was brookswood brewing they are now open and they opened shortly after we uh, we did the show chris johnson and john collins are the co-founders ladies and gentlemen brookswood brewing and uh, unfortunately, you're no longer the new kids on the block. Because I think there's probably been about 10 breweries that have opened yeah. since you did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, we just heard from Ken Beatty of the BC Brewers uh, Crab Brewers Guild. The number is now 247, 247 breweries in wow. British Columbia, which is crazy. You so you probably were about 231 or something like that. I mean, somewhere I'm, around there. Somewhere around there. Um, so the last time we saw you guys, you existed, but you weren't open yet. What, what was it like in that period since, and what was opening day like? Um,
6: opening day was... Amazing, obviously, because you get to finally see what you've done and all the hard work we put into building the place. Um, And the community of Brookswood was desperate for something uh, like that in the area. And, um, yeah, as soon as we opened, we've had nothing but, you know, a lot of neighbors that have just come in. They're regulars now. Um, They're there all the time. And, uh, you know, it's it's that 35 to 55 demographic, uh, people coming into their families, bringing their kids in and, um, yeah, enjoying some great tasting beer. But then they can just walk home, which is which is awesome and good to see.
5: Oh, it's uh, you haven't been there, but I have. And and it's just an amazing space. Nice and tight, little, you know, really um, compact and and very cozy, but uh, just a beautiful, beautiful spot.
3: So, a lot goes into getting a brewery, uh, first of all, on the, on the landscape, you've got to find the property, you've got to you know, source out all the, all the material and, and all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, you have to decide what lane are we going to run in? What, what kind of beers do we want to do? Uh, John, what was, what was the thought, was it all unanimous when your partnership group decided these are the kind of
7: beers we want to make? I think for the most part, I mean, we really trusted the Bibbomaster and kind of bring in his passion and his kind of background and what he wanted to bring to the table. I mean, ultimately, like, we're, we're a pretty tight team of four three co-founders in and our, and our brewmaster and I mean we're, we're getting known for a hazy style beer um, lots of hops lots of bite but also kind of smooth on the back end and, and very palatable so we're, we're starting a distribution locally quite a few pubs and, and restaurants and uh, the feel is we do do a lot of bright um, kind of hazy style beers if you will um, everyone's got different names you know for the call it dank or call it this or that. Uh, Yeah, exactly. People ask us all the time, what is a NEPA? And we're like, it's a New England IPA. What does that mean? And a lot of people that don't like IPAs, they first go to a West Coast and go, bitter, yes. hoppy, too much for them to have, you know, the palate. Well,
3: you could make the clam chowder comparison. There's New England and there's New totally. England. Yeah. Yeah.
7: So we're, we're becoming quite known for that beer and that style um, but obviously a good lager and a, and a Czech Pilsner go a long way because they're big volume um, you know, drivers and a lot of people that are kind of new to the craft beer scene, believe it or not there's still a lot of people like that they'll go with the safe beer first and they'll slowly get their feet wet and then they're like flight is a perfect way to introduce them to the New England IPA or something different that we're doing. Like, we just did a triple IPA, and we've got one keg left. Like, believe it or not, a 9.8 beer just flew off. Yeah. And, I mean, we have to limit them in the amount they can have, and people can maybe have two in a, in a sampling, but we can't sell them by the pint, and uh, they catch, they creep up on you. But, they're, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I mean KJ could tell you a little bit more about what he feels about it, but we've been pretty good at this is what I want to do, this is what I want to do, hey, let's come together. And so we're all making our own beers as well. KJ did a, a caramel cream ale, which Ooh. you can tell the story of that. It's it's It was on tap and gone here really quick. Um, I just did, my family's from Northern Ireland. We just did, for St. Patrick's Day, we launched a nitro dry Irish stout. We called it Norn Iron, which is short for Northern Ireland. And, um, yeah, it's been doing really well. Anything on nitro, we find people just love the texture in it. It, sometimes maybe it's the body but it gives them a little bit more creamy feel to it
5: yeah the mouth feels very mouth different feels on different. it. Yep.
7: it's funny made that because
3: uh, I just heard that Guinness has a nitro version now so if you've got a, a brewery that goes back to the 1700s if yep. they're jumping on that thing uh, they must know something yeah. right
7: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely but it's it's been a lot of fun and and trial and error too, like we're doing a shandy line of beers, which no one else seems to be doing. So for a little while there people were doing entertaining the grapefruit beers and rattlers. So we want to try something a little bit different, a little bit again of our British heritage. Um, the shandy's a three to three and a half percent sessionable beer. Um, we did a we did a couple of them. we did a, a tangerine shandy and we've done a, a raspberry lemonade shandy and both have hit really well um, with all demographics but predominantly the female demographic that's like I want something that could have a couple of, I've got to go home to the kids, all that. Um, And it seems to be, it's doing well, so. It's a um, good breakfast beer. (laughs) It is.
3: (laughs) Any time it is. Uh, Chris, we were talking before we started recording, uh, because Brookswood Brewing, like every other brewery, you, you need to be a little bit more than just, yeah, what do you got on tap? What do you have to eat what's the entertainment because breweries have long since gone past where they were just places to go and get growlers filled up yeah they're now destination locations they're meeting spots they're for all intent and purposes they're they're local pubs for all intent and purposes what are you doing in that respect in order to entertain the uh the masses
6: yeah so we've partnered up with the local break bakery uh, cedar brook bakery which is next door to us um, so they provide us with uh ready-made flatbreads and paninis Sandwiches, charcuterie uh, boards. So we have a small little kitchen that we just do a heat and serve. But um, everybody in the area knows of Cedar Brook Bakery, so they they know what they're getting, and they're getting getting some good quality food for sure. So people people do come there for the food. It's not just the not just the beer. Um, and then as far as entertainment goes, um, yeah, we've uh, we've started to do some live music every Tuesday, uh, which has been very welcomed. Uh, and then in February, we launched our first comedy night. And uh, we sold the first show out 10 minutes after we announced tickets. So we had to announce a second show. which sold out in an hour. Um, and then we did another uh, two nights of comedy um, this month in March. And both shows sold out again. So we're going to do another, another night of comedy or a couple nights of comedy in, in April here. So tickets will go on sale April 1st if anyone's listening. will <laughs> well, be on Eventbrite. I,
3: I, I, I know we don't want to pry, but I know that you guys invest a lot and there's a lot of time spent yeah. waiting until you can start to recoup your investment in order to get a brewery off the ground. There's, there's a lengthy process there. And a lot of credit cards maxed out and, oh, yeah. and, and personal <laughs> loans maxed out. Um, but you must have put together a game plan and a business plan. Are you at where you it to be? Have you met that goal? Have you surpassed that goal? Are you are you happy with where
7: Brookswood Brewing is today? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and we talk all the time, we all kind of split, divide and conquer with what our roles are in, in, in this journey. But we all like had a game plan a one-year plan, a three, five, and a ten-year plan expansion. How what that looked like? And from a financial standpoint, you know, you can only plan so much. When a pandemic hits in the middle of your process, and uh, the, the the cost of timber skyrockets, and the cost of it, every raw material goes through the roof, you know, we're all of a sudden we have a finished product that takes a year and a half longer than we initially anticipated, and then uh, you're looking at 35% on top of what you originally, you know, banked for. So we had a couple of private investors, um, which are family and friends. Uh, we had a little bit from the bank. We put our own, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and money into it as well. And um, I'm, I mean, it keeps you up at night sometimes. Whenever you see all this money going out, but it means that we're paying things off because a lot of money's coming in. So it's just stay in the course. You know, we, we hopefully within that three-year timeline that we have planned, the numbers look good. We'll have things paid down or paid right off, mm-hmm. um, and we're going the right direction. The, the, the key is to stick with it. Everyone I've talked to in business that's made money and been very successful is it's all about a long game. It's patience. not about getting in and out. And doesn't happen overnight. No, and to be yeah. able to do something that you love and you can have fun with it, and you can see like there's no real end game here. Like you know we want we're, we're all best buddies we want to like if we expand we want to you know have fun with that and we want to enjoy what we're doing and it's never about taking the day off or taking time off it's about enjoying what you're doing and and, and that kind of thing so nice it, stuff, it is a long game but to answer your question yeah i think we're on we're on course
3: and, and to, uh, to to speak on expansion you said that you do have some taps uh in in the in the vancouver area. anything you want to give a shout out to uh any place that carries brooks with
7: Absolutely. So the, the Sammy J's um, group has got us going at and Langley. Been very successful there. There's also the Dublin kind of crossing group, I call them. And that's the old Jimmy Max, Rusty's Pub, Hartford Dodger. They've had our beers on tap since day one. Um, they keep, they have rotating taps and we don't go off there. They just kind of sometimes change from the check pills into the hazy pail. Um, Main Street, we're trying to break into the Vancouver market. We've done a few things there, but um, Brown's Craft Tap House. Yep fantastic location they've reordered again they they love our Czech Pilsner it's a bit of a unique offering there's a lot of Pilsners out there. a lot of loggers um, our Czech Pilsner seems to be doing really well it's here at the Barley Merchant as well on tap we've got a couple of beers on tap here as well um, but the expansion is more of we're not restricted to where we want to go it's doing it in the right time sure, frame sure. and taking our time getting there
3: and speaking of getting there how does one get to Brookswood Brewing when they're in the Langley area
6: Chris yeah head down uh, the 200th corridor might yeah. take you an hour to get down it the might. Newport, <laughs> <laughs> Highway. That's worth, it's worth Pass the wait <laughs> it's definitely worth the wait there might be a few breweries on the way you can pop into yeah. Uh, but yeah 40th and 200th uh, we're right next door to the McDonald's in the Brookswood Plaza
3: where you can bring in your own happy meal you tell you me you can bring
6: in your happy meal if you if you so wish <laughs> everyone's happy yeah, everyone's
3: happy exactly. Chris Johnson John Collins the co-founders of Brookswood Brewing congrats you guys I've not Cheers. checked facility. Rick has raved about it. Yeah. We will check that out. Thanks for coming down and joining us. Can I say one last thing? Of course. Just to kind of
7: give a little plug. We've been doing a lot of work on our social media side and especially on our our website design. So anyone that wants to find out whether it's live events, um, where we're available, so all the different places you can buy our beer, go on brookswoodbrewing.com. It's all there. It's very interactive. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. Um, you'll see all the different brew hall events that are coming up, live music every other Tuesday. Um, we have a we have a Friday night DJ coming in quite often, and then it all it's all building up to. I'm sure the other breweries will talk about it uh, leading up to the May long weekend brew hall in Fort Langley is Langley craft beer week so
3: it's the woodstock of beer in life absolutely so that's
7: may the 13th of the saturday before the long weekend we're hosting a day and it's going to be a big big deal we're bringing some fancy cars out there it's a state goal we're going to launch a beer and it's going to be a lot fun thanks a lot guys cheers cheers
0: This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 HD3, a Vancouver broadcast tradition since 2010. Check out the audio podcast at justhereforthebeer.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTB. Here again to your hosts, Joe Leary and Rick Moabier.
3: Just here for the Beer Radio, presented by Shop Angry Otter Liquor Stores, where local lives, 28 locations from Vancouver to the Okanagan. BC's premier liquor shopping experience has something for everyone. Why choose between assortment and experience when you can have both? Angry Otter Liquor. You can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, or angryotterliquor.crs for a list of ever-growing locations. Yeah. expanding. We are broadcasting and podcasting from the patio of the Barley Merchant on 200th in Langley. This was the location where we did our first dedicated North Langley beer show last year, Rick. We're back again. There's a couple more players in the landscape, as, right. as is the case of beer. Mr. Tim LaHaye is the owner and operator of Barley Merchant, and ah. Executive Chef Haran Pereira is the executive. Thank you so much for uh, having us back again. And it, it's so cool because, I mean, we've learned from when you first opened your doors, you're all about local, 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 and, and you've not compromised that, that value, and you're still all about your, your taps
8: are representative of what's going on in this province. And there's a lot going on in this province um yeah when we set out to to be bc exclusive behind our bar you know we knew that the landscape uh was growing and that there would be kind of an infinite amount of uh, local craft beer and options available the cidery scene was taking off the distilleries were all really growing legs around the lower mainland and uh, and well beyond in, in bc so we were confident that we could come up with a product um that was exclusively bc and uh yeah we're uh we're crushing some big numbers on on the, our diversity as far as uh, what we've been able to pour from our taps. Um, we are just past 120 different breweries that we've poured from our taps, and we are closing in on beer unique beer 1,000. And wow. And, wow. We, and we're 20 months old tomorrow. So <laughs>
3: we were talking earlier, Tim, that uh, we just spoke with uh, Ken Beatty, who is the executive director of the BC Brewers Guild. Uh, the number is now 247 247 breweries
8: in british columbia uh
3: at last count now that was a week ago when we spoke maybe there's been one or two
8: more of this open since when we when we were coming up on 120 the last number i had was like 238 so i'm like we're finally reached halfway and then i hear this news today i'm like ah we're slacking
3: so but but that's your mandate your your mandate is come hell or high water at some point eventually i'm sure all of the breweries if you can keep track of them at some point will appear on your menu
8: Yeah, we have a a pretty extensive uh, Excel spreadsheet that we've been keeping since day one that tracks uh, tracks breweries, right. tracks beer, tracks cideries, and tracks individual ciders. So we've actually served over 100 different ciders here since we've opened now, too. Well, e-
3: even if somebody you know, came, so. came in from, from the U.S. and said, hey, give me a bud, out of 247 breweries, if you can't find something that kind of represents yes. that, then we're doing something wrong in, in British Columbia.
8: If I can't find a flight of beer that represents <laughs> that, that's what we try to do. We always yeah. make sure we, uh, we have enough beers in, in similar styles so that people can always enjoy a the flight. They don't just have to... Dial in on that. I'll have whatever oh, you one. have that yeah. tastes like. But yeah.
3: So give us the mini mini CV on uh, on Chef Heron because I know that when we talked to you before you opened your doors, and you were like literally this was a shell of a of a building that you had stripped away and found some window space oh and all that. Food was a vital element to you as well.
8: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's wonderful to have a, a really unique lineup of, of beers that are always changing. And uh, when we set out, actually, my first idea when I was dreaming up the barley merchant was I, I had I like the idea of having a smokehouse, you know, somewhere you can have some nice pulled pork and and uh, you know rib bones or whatever. And when you walk in and you get the smell of the smoke, and that was kind of where my head was initially. And then I met this man to my left here. And, uh, you know, we we, we reminisce frequently about the day that he walked in here in the midst of the pandemic and restaurants and, and anything that was catering related was all shut down. He came in, there was like literally one light bulb that was screwed into the middle of this great big space to light it up. There was no heat, it was like November and uh of, of 20, nine, 2020 2020 yeah and uh we, there was a little room off the side of the restaurant there that had some walls so i had like a space heater plugged in and it was like a makeshift like <laughs> pop-up card table and and in comes this guy with this resume uh you know having worked in the culinary industry on the creative side for some big chains uh you know he's gone went to school in paris uh and you know worked at a michelin star restaurant and here he comes into this little you know upstart wannabe uh, beer joint that hasn't even swung a hammer in here yet saying hey you want to come work here but we sat down we connected and started sharing stories and he was a home brewer and he was just loved beer and but when it was when he started talking about his passion for food and for serving local and using fresh ingredients um, and doing everything from scratch all of a sudden my perspective on what I felt was going to be a great fit for this place really started to come into play and uh i there was i had 13 interviews lined up that day he was the third person i talked to and as soon as i finished my conversation with him i picked up my phone and called my business partner i'm like i don't even need to do the rest of these interviews Mm -hmm. i found the guy and he's like well do your due diligence so we (laughs) continued on we hired we 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 added two more finalists if you will and then we borrowed a local restaurant that was closed on a Monday and had a little cook-off. Yeah. Nice. And, 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 and Chef Ron hit it out of the park.
3: So so Chef, is that customary? Because I've always wondered, if I want to own a restaurant, if I want to operate a restaurant, I'm looking for, for, for food service. Um, is that fair for me to say, OK, Chef, go in there and let's, let's see what you can create? Is that fair?
9: Yeah, pretty standard in the industry is you stodge somewhere before you work there. And stodging is essentially working at a place for free. So because we're in a skill of trades, and you can have whatever you want on your resume, but if you can't show what you can do with your hands, mm-hmm. that you actually know what you put on your resume, it really doesn't mean anything. So like prior to me coming here, and prior to me being a development chef, when I had come back from France, my resume was stacked, but there's two things that you want to do as a stage. is One, you want to see, you want to present yourself to the best that you can to wherever you're trying to get a job, but you also want to see, are they going to be the right fit for me? For
5: you, yes. Right?
9: And that's just as important with the whole situation. So it's like, when I'd come back from France and I came to Vancouver, I went and staged at, at as many of the big places as I could, you know, laboratoire. Blue Water, Hawksworth, all of these places you go to them and you see do I want to work here? Is this the right kitchen? Is it clean? You know, do they have a good team? How's the chef mentality? How's the owner mentality? It's all these sort of things, right? So, I think it's very fair for a business to say well, let's see what you can do sort of thing, right?
3: So by virtue of the fact that you were a home brewer yourself, did that kind of maybe tick another box on your list of why you
9: may want to be involved in Barley Merchant? 100%. One of my friends that fell in love with craft beer in the industry here got me uh, into home brewing, so we created our own home brew kits, you know, with your wort chiller, and I had a little micro pump to to chill it, and... uh, and to do my mash ten and all that sort of stuff. So I, I got into it and I, I really enjoyed doing it and I definitely didn't know as much about the craft brew scene then as I do now because of Tim and yeah. and being here. But you know, the conversation as it spanned from how passionate Tim was on BC only, um, stemmed what I wanted to do as well, is like do everything from scratch, use as much local product as we can that makes sense for a food business and create an environment that chefs can actually be chefs in because a lot of places aren't about chefs being chefs it's about go make this and do this as i tell you to do it yeah and for me that's not the mentality it's like if you're trying to hire people out of culinary school and you want to cultivate an environment that is about food we make everything from scratch and we teach people the skills and we give them the opportunity to practice and give people the opportunities that other people wouldn't normally give them and that's kind of the the heart of our kitchen environment here is like we do everything from scratch we do our own stocks soups breads you know everything we do our own butchery we do our own whatever, vinaigrettes and like, oh, well. like literally everything from scratch, our own jus. So it's like these are like, like today we got in um, whole king salmon, you know, head on, guts removed. We, we broke it down ourselves, we portioned the into fillets, we're going to do certain things with the trim, we get rid of the bones, um, but we, we try to use all of the product to minimize on our cost of goods. Right? Well, I've,
3: I've been told that you don't make your own plates, so... Uh.
9: <laughs> Actually, uh,
10: not yet, yeah. oh, do you?
9: I made all of the flight boards for the okay. restaurant. Oh, I so. stank <laughs> I was being
3: a jackass. Uh, Tim, by the way, I know that you've got something kind of really cool that's going to happen in this area that can you kind of tease at what yeah, might so, be coming up
8: you know uh, as with the craft beer industry we uh, there's a lot of collaboration and uh, you know a little while back langley got its own ale trail uh, really brought the langley craft community together and not just the uh, you know the eight breweries and us and, and angry otter um, kpu but there's also fraser valley cidery down on 16th avenue and roots and Wings Distilling. Um, so. Uh, Once once every two months we have a little breakfast here uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday and we talk about ways that we can work together. And just recently we decided to uh, put on an event event, uh, that's going to be around Ruhalla. It's being announced next week, uh, which I believe is like April 3rd, which is after this comes out. Uh, But yeah, All the Langley Craft Scene is going to be collaborating and putting on uh, a bunch of events, uh, so stay tuned to our social uh, for that. Um, the event that we're going to be doing is actually going to be a, a ticketed event, and it is going to be uh, an amazing evening of craft and canapes.
3: And it lets Chef play, is that correct?
8: You got it. Not just Chef, but his entire yeah. culinary team. So. Yeah. The, the items that we're going to be doing that night are things that you won't see in our, on our regular menu with a kitchen full of raw ingredients and, uh, you know, an army of people that have a, an unbelievable, um, you know, creative uh, thing kind of going on back there where, you know, it's just like, hey, here's come up with a cold appetizer. You just challenge these, you know, young up and comers to, to come up with something and yeah, it's going to be a stand-up, walk-around event. We're going to have chef stations, you know, maybe a little oyster shucking, maybe yeah, some live barbecue action, um, You know, meet the, meet the culinary team. It's going to that be great. It'll be awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, you've, you've got an
3: executive chef in uh, in Haran that uh, comes from a home brewer background, working at a place that's beer-centric, focused on local, and he's all about local, even made the own flight boards. I can't even believe that. I was just huh? joking around. I <laughs> yeah. can't even believe that. Um, and there's no better place than the Barley Merchant for the two worlds to collide. Tim, thank you so much for for having us again we look forward to making this an annual event and chef pleasure to meet you sir thank you so much
5: Cheers. cheers cheers thanks guys
0: Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3. Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your hosts Joe Leary and Rick Moha Beer.
3: Just Here for the Beer radio broadcast podcast is presented by Angry Otter Liquor Stores, where local lives. 28 locations from Vancouver to the Okanagan. BC's premier liquor shopping experience has something for everyone. Check out Angry Otter Liquor on Facebook, Instagram, or angryotterliquor.crs for a list of their ever-growing list of locations. Joel Larry and Rick beer from Just Here for the Beer, broadcasting on Sportsnet 650 AM, also at 96.9 FM HD3, and available for streaming on all major streaming services. Broadcasting from the patio of The Barley Merchant on 200th and Lane, our dedicated show to North Langley. And when you think of North Langley, if you know this area, I swear to God, like 10 years ago, 200, 200th Sticks. Avenue was a bunch of trees, okay? Sticks. And lo and behold there was a brewery that was here way before anybody else and it was called Dead Frog and they were actually a very vital part of the early formation of just, Eat for just the, the, the beer, beer events. Correct. So we have with us uh from a from, from Dead Frog Brewing with Cole Smith, who is the brewmaster, and Josh Josh Marcinko, who is the sales manager. Thank you guys for joining us.
0: Hey. 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 And
3: and it really is a family event because of course your father, Cole, uh started started the brewery. Um did he get you into brewing or did you get yourself into brewing? He's
11: Kind of got me into it. Um, I mean, when he started making beer 25 years ago, I remember being seven or eight years old, filling kegs with the old man, probably getting in more getting more, more trouble. Yeah, in more trouble and more in the way than I was helping. But that's one of my core memories as, as being a kid was tapping kegs and filling them when they're stopping them when they're done and moving them off. And the old man would move them and bring more bring more kegs
3: in. So, I mean, from that point on, I just kind of. I was hooked, and, and people must have thought, "Well, oh, that's nice. Your dad makes beer, but are you serious? I mean, you're up against like the big behemoths of of brewing. How can this little brewery?" Out of this area, actually, kind of compete and find market share. Did, do you know if your dad received that kind of criticism down, down, down the road?
11: Well, when we started, it was so so long ago. We were one of the first ones in the craft beer scene, so everybody was already excited about it. So there was a little bit of that, but also we are in such a different league than the big guys that it's not even really the same market to compete
12: in.
3: And, and Josh, what is your what is your backstory uh, in terms of?
13: Do you remember your first craft beer? Everybody remembers their first. Uh, yeah. I know my gateway beer, okay. I always call it, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. it was kind of the switch up from whoa. the Molson and yeah. Coors yeah. and Buds. Uh, but, I mean, it's definitely not really considered craft, but a Sleeman Honey Brown was yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. That intro, and I, I'm sure there's lots of other people that that's kind of one of the ones when you're sure. 19 that So, come so out. when did Dead Frog come onto your radar? Uh, I really got into craft in the, like, 2015, 2016 area, um, and I was, I was living in Langley, so they obviously popped up, especially when they moved from road to Langley, um, and then, yeah, I, I got into it, I, this is my fourth year now of doing this, so, um, yeah i'd say probably 2015 2016 just when i was really getting into it and appreciated what else was out there it's like oh i don't have to just drink this longer all the time i can go find these awesome beers that taste so- like and, something and, and i remember because
3: whenever we look back on the history of, of the evolution of our show we started this in october of 2010 and you had been doing Just Here for the Beer events, and Dead Frog was one of your original... Dead Frog was one of
5: the original uh, ones. The loyal, the loyal sponsors. The so pepper lime and the, the pepper mandarin lime, orange. And, yes, and, always and been the hits.
3: mandarin lime, exactly. Yeah. And, and it was funny because back in those days, I wasn't really adept into the craft thing at all. I wasn't. And I found that I, there were certain things I liked. The pepper lime lager always struck me. You've kind of gone you've gone full circle in terms of the amount of beers that you make and the variety you make and more importantly i think well equally importantly is the imaging that you've managed to create i mean just what you're decked in like this the hats that you both guys are wearing right now are just so cool when did the imaging like this start to creep into dead frogs
13: game plan uh yeah, I can speak to that. Um, I mean, this now uh, probably close to a year ago, almost uh, yeah, back in the summer, beginning of summer last year. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, just just um, some ideas, a, a group effort, but just um, as far as my perspective on it, being out in the market and kind of being in stores and stuff. Um, with how many breweries there are now, uh, you walk into a store now that's very craft eccentric you walk in and you see a wall of of beer and people are just like uh what do i look at and it's almost getting to the point that now it's almost more the simplistic cans that are standing out on the shelf of of, whereas back five ten years ago it was like oh let's get this like super cool image on the can and that's going to stand out so we just kind of really leaned into the the frog aspect of it and and, and the color scheme that accompanies it, because yeah. again,
3: and I don't ever mean to put down anybody that that puts their 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 product on the on the shelves, but I think you want something that catches the eye. And like, there's a couple of things in particular that have very generic looking, bland, especially in the RTD world, mm. where a <laughs> nice. can of say vodka White. soda White. Yeah. is kind of plain looking. And how do you distinguish yourself? You walk in and you see that, you're going, oh my god, that's 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 pretty. What what it what is that? Yeah, yeah. Like like Josh
11: said, like, a couple of years ago, it was always who what can do. can do the craziest image and the most explosive thing where we've we did that for a while and now coming back to it we go what are the most bright vibrant colors that we can do make it simple make dead frog right out in the open right in the front big frog on the front of the can and like stand out that way
5: well the juice box series has always been like that for you guys though right very simplistic big bright bold colors whether it be the dick Deep dark purples for some of them, yep. right? And so it, it's always, for me at least, it's always stuck out.
3: Yeah. So, so we are sampling, and again, if we had this conversation five years ago, we're sampling a beer that <laughs> is pink lemonade sour. <laughs> People would have gone, "I don't think you're drinking beer." Um, this is kind of the, the the lane you're you're playing in right now, and you're really nailing this stuff. So, tell us about mm. the ju- juice box and the uh, the components within it. So, juice box is we designed it, and we've kind
11: of been evolving it towards super sessionable, accessible, slightly sour, like most like. Tar- kind of beers um, they're all kettle sours and just with flavors that we think are gonna be super like, I mean for the summer one super crushable on the beach somewhere and it's a super nice and hot day a beer that you can have three or four or five of and still want to go back and grab another one so the other beauty of the juice box is being being eight beers two of each beer you never really get tired of one because you only have two of them and then you're on to the next thing and they're all on the same level between four and five percent alcohol so you can have a couple um, just crushable, accessible, easy ones. What we're drinking right now, the pink lemonade, is strawberry, raspberry, and lemon, and it just really.
3: Reminiscent of sitting on a patio, crushing beers. It tastes like exactly what the label says you're drinking. It, it tastes like a, a pink lemonade.
5: Well, we were laughing. I was like, it yeah. almost makes me want to post some vodka. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. So, so in terms of the expansion of, of where Dead Frog goes down the road, is it a collaborative effort? Like, do you have like team meetings? Are you as the brewer, uh, Cole? Are you trying to push the push the boundaries, or how, how does the process work of what's next in the line? So.
11: We sit down probably about once a month and shoot beer ideas back and forth between between me and Josh and our VP, Chris. The old, my, the old man gets in there every once in a while and kind of pops in some ideas. And we just sit down and go, okay, we, can, we basically do a beer a month plus the juice box. So every month we release a four pack. So we've got opportunities, so if you're June, July, August, four packs can be, those are the beers we get a little bit crazier into. Like we're, we're releasing a, a Mimosa Hazy IPA at the in, in the middle of April. That's pushing boundaries, doing something a little funny. So that's where I get my more most of my crazy ideas, my list of 200 beers that are in my head that get to come out. And I mean, for the juice box, we sit down and go, okay, what's gonna be recognizable, what's accessible, that we can make taste amazing.
5: So when you start these, right? Are are you doing test batches before you do a full? Obviously, before you do a full batch,
11: I we usually get one test batch in. But I've been doing this long enough that I can pretty much have a a good idea of what's going to happen in my mind, and ninety-eight percent
3: of the time, nail it first go. Good for you. Well, it, it's uh, it's not only attractive looking, but it's really, really enjoyable tasting. It is the Juice Box, the sour mixer from Dead Frog Brewing, one of the OGs in the BC craft beer scene. Cole Smith is the brewmaster. Josh Marcinko is the sales manager. Thanks so much for joining us, you guys. We we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for having Thank
12: us. You. We'll Cheers. Be back. Cheers. For
0: the beer. You're listening to Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3. Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your host Joe Leary and Rick Beer.
3: It is Just Here for the Beer Radio, Sportsnet 650 AM, also 96.9 FM, HD3, available for download through all streaming devices. You can check us out online, just the beer.com, and on Instagram and Twitter, at JHFTV, sponsored by 12 Kings Pub at the corner of 12th and Kingsway, home to a great selection of BC craft, all major sports as well, at 12 Kings Pub on Instagram and Twitter. And we are doing our dedicated North Langley Beer Show at the Barley Merchant on the patio, Barley Merchant on 200th in uh, langley and a stone's throw away from the barley merchant is smugglers trail cask Works, a place very near and dear to my heart we're joined by stephen and jamie the ownership group uh, tom is the uh, brewmaster nice to see you guys how you been how you been mm-hmm
14: doing amazing man yeah too well thanks stoned. for having us yeah
2: yeah, thanks for having us so you
3: literally are like just just around uh, just around the corner from yeah here. please don't throw stones i will <laughs> <laughs> not throw stones you you are or also when, when you look at the and, and it, by the way i've been telling people all through the show i just met with ken Beatty of the BC, uh, bc craft Brewers guild the number now is 247 247 breweries in british columbia And they range everything from, like, probably a capacity of 12 to 20 to 200 or whatever. But you you might possibly have one of the best-looking facilities and spacious when you consider indoor and outdoor. I can only imagine, Stephen, what the next few months hold for
14: you uh, at Smuggler's Trail. It's about to explode. Like, at first, I thought you were talking about our brewer and how good-looking he was. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be hard not to um, confirm that. The, um, yeah, no... We won an award for
2: out. our for our front house, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we did.
14: yeah, out in New York, when we uh, the design um, won us best top room and uh, in, in North America, which is huge for us. Um, yeah, but the, it's now patio season. We're getting it all spruced up and ready to roll and just invite 170 people. Well, I was going to say it's not facility. just
3: it's not just patio. It's patio plus another patio, and then the outdoor green space where you can also sit there and, and enjoy the, the environment. It's it's just a really, really cool spot, and especially when the weather cooperates.
14: Yeah. Um, in the winter, we, we have an indoor-outdoor area that's fully boxed in and, and heated, plus our indoor area, and then it, it's a migration pattern over the seasons, which is great that everybody indoors is now moving to the indoor-outdoor space, and then the full outdoor patio area is uh, as a place to just hang out and have have fun and enjoy each other's company.
3: Before we talk to uh, Tom about his beer selection, right now Tom is too busy trying to be Barry White. But uh, Jamie, I remember when I had the first conversation with you and Stephen. Yeah. Um, we were you were talking about doing some unique beers, and that seemed like light years ago. And is it kind of like weird when you think about? where you started and now to see it in reality and have a couple of years under your belt where you've seen actual money come in the till, you've seen events, you've you've seen your 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 place packed. Is it kind of surreal when you when you look in retrospect?
12: It is very surreal. I mean there was a point where Steve and I were testing recipes in his garage and uh, we we took it on to get going with some contract brewing and we were trying to get our name out there we were going to festivals we were just talking about this over there actually how we would we would be really really stressed out if we went to a festival and didn't use a whole keg we were like what are we supposed to do with this keg now uh so those those problems we don't uh, have so much anymore but um when you do look back on all of that it is really surreal especially last fall with the rookie of the year award with the bc brewer beer awards uh, that was a very massive surprise for us, and it was certainly uh, made us feel really good about what we've been doing and where we're going, and, um, and Tom's work, of course, yeah.
3: Well, and, and Tom, you, you and I predate uh, my relationship with, with, with Steve and, and, and Jamie. Um, so you've been doing this game a while. When you decided to join this brand new operation, um, what was the incentive for you? Was it you know, was it a roll of the dice? Was it hey may- maybe I can do my own thing? Or did you sort of uh, did your ideas all kind of align?
2: Uh, it was these two guys here. Honestly, um, they they both come from rugby. I'm a rugby guy. We got introduced from a mutual friend of friend of ours, and, and we sat down for a beer at Strange Fellows. and I think all we talked about. Uh, is rugby for the first hour, and I walked away from that meeting uh, a few beers deep and feeling just really good about it, and it was a project I um, felt like I could get emotionally attached to.
3: Now, you have done events. You, you did one not long ago, uh, sort of a cask event, um, and again, you have the facility. You have the space to do that. What, what
14: was the reaction to that event? Oh, it was massive. Another successful event. Tw- over 20 breweries. Um, we had a bunch of Um, influencers, uh, social media influencers that Tom did uh, collab brews with and we put them to showcase them and that it's approachable and and something exciting to do Um, just like leather work or cooking or something to get into the actual brewing side and let them use their creative ideas and their love for beer with Tom's expertise to come up with these amazing just off-the-cuff cool beers that people can try and and as a one-off and just to thank them for all the support that they've given us as well um and we rotate who's who's doing the beers with us and and we're fortunate but yeah it was a massive event yeah, and we put
12: those ones on the the english style hand pulls so they had a lot of fun watching their handle get pulled to, to pull the things and then you know we We loosely themed that event after, uh, you know, it was Robbie Burns kind of area, so it was kind of loosely themed Robbie Burns Day, we called it the Kilt Night Cast Festival, so you wear a kilt, you won a prize, and so lots of people came out with their kilts and kind of some good tunes ranging from kind of Celtic stuff to classic rock, bit of bluegrass. It was fun. It was good. And it, and it's really early in the year. It was the first festival. It's like the third week in January or
9: something. Well,
3: the other thing that we've all learned in the however many years that craft breweries have been uh, springing up is that they've become more than they initially started. They might have started as a place where you literally got a, 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 a growler fill, maybe had a pepperoni stick or a bag of chips and you left. Now they are destinations. They're places that you go for events, entertainment, uh, watching sporting events, but also the food programs have have ramped up considerably, and the one thing that really struck me the first time I walked into Smuggler's Trail, your food program is on point. Brewers have come a long way.
14: Yeah, and we're we're honored. And, and some people say, "Oh, you're a brew pub or whatnot," and it's like, no, we have an amazing food program, but we have killer beers, and that's that's where I think we've we've really put our flag in the sand to say this is who we are, and we're excited to announce that uh, we're bringing our pizzas back. We've got our oven back in there. Things are flying, and it's it's going to be it's going to be an amazing summer.
2: I think we just had a team that's just been working their butt off, lots of overtime, trying to do more than the kitchen is capable of doing. So we're like we're really stoked to do an expansion and bring some items back, to like give those those people a, a well earned break. Uh, and yeah, pizzas is the one thing that people have just been always asking us about day and night.
3: And I understand that there is a an event uh, coming out to showcase the brewers of Langley. Uh,
12: that you will be involved in so the the folks at the Bruhalla festival are working with their fort langley festival coming up on may 20th and uh, they've asked us to uh, basically put on the official slash unofficial uh after party um on that day that's may 20th so we're going to uh we've got a roadside attraction there, are a tragically hip cover band coming to uh to blow it out and uh we can have a good day there and some beer festivals and some some beer specials sorry food specials and uh, folks coming from the festival that are still looking for some fun times on what's probably going to be a great saturday out come on by
3: if you've not been to smugglers trail castworks i strongly recommend you do you take a left off 200th street you pass the barley merchant you go down
14: to what street is it and turn right it's 200a it's right at the start of the curve at the one way on two hundred, it, and it's off to the right. It is such, it's such a cool
3: spot. You you will enjoy the hell out of it. Jamie, Stephen, and Tom. Before we let you go, what uh, what
13: do you pour in here?
2: It's our uh, brand new hazy pale ale. Yeah. Uh, this is something that we've brewed several times just in house. We really wanted to take our time to kind of perfect this recipe. Um, it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, we put it out on draft. We've gotten such a positive response from it, and we really just tweaked it. It's getting it's getting very 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 close to perfect in my mind. So this is something that we just packaged in cans it's available in liquor stores and it's broken sun hazy pale ale now it's called broken sun because that's i guess what the mayans called an eclipse is the broken suns so they're, they're freaking out <laughs> but the the main hop in this is eclipse it's a new hop from australia it gives a lot of tangerine and we're just really excited to release it
3: well it is a pleasure to have you guys on the show smugglers trail Castworks in langley thank you so much for joining us cheers
12: thanks for having me thanks, thanks so joe appreciate that.
0: This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 HD3, a Vancouver broadcast tradition since 2010. Check out the audio podcast at JustHereForTheBeer.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTB. Here again your hosts, Joe Leary and Rick Moa Beer.
3: It is Just Here for the Beer Radio broadcast and podcast presented by angry otter liquor stores where local lives 28 locations from vancouver to the okanagan bc's premier liquor shopping experience has something for everyone check them out on social media on facebook instagram at angry otter liquor or angry otter for a list of locations it's joe leary and rick moha from just here at jhftb on social media broadcasting from the wonderful patio at the wonderful Barley Merchant on 200th in Langley, just a great location, great supporter of local, and we're talking about the local beer scene, and when we say local, we're talking micro-local, we're talking North Langley, because Langley is now that big, that there are two distinct beer scenes, one down there and one up here, and Locality Brewing is our guest, we have with us Karen Cheshire, who is the head brewer. We have Melanie McKinnis, who is the owner and general manager. And we have Andrew Hyman, who is the farmer and maltster. That's uh, quite an assortment of folks. Welcome. Uh, how you all doing?
1: Good. Thanks for having us.
3: And it's nice to see you guys again. I've yet to be out the, at your location. And, and here's the thing that bothers me is that everybody I talk to goes, you haven't checked them out? Because you have one of the most, well, I would say if not the most unique environments for brewing anywhere in the province.
10: I would say that we're our breweries like an onion. There's many layers. Every time you come there there's gonna be another layer that you, you you that's revealed. Whether it's um the local ingredients that we grow, the barley and the hops, or if it's the filming uh the cave that was used in Riverdale and Sabrina or the wing calls a heart set. Or if it's um a skate bowl. You know there's a lot
3: going on there and and when you say the local ingredients and that andrew that's where you come in because uh you are the farmer and malster so when someone says what exactly does that mean what exactly does that mean
15: yeah so we uh we've seeing some sunny weather here right now so we're gonna ramp start getting ready to ramp up on the farming side and um malting we're sort of malting a batch a week um trying to keep up with the brewery trying to keep up with karen
3: and, Karen, how demanding are you as, as the uh, as the head brewer? Are you, like, on these people all the time going, hey, come on, give yes, me Yes, definitely. Me <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Um, I'm always trying to make sure that we have – ideally we brew with as much malt um, that's grown and malted at the farm as possible, so I'm always in contact with Andy to see um, where he's at with different barley batches and different malting batches so that we can make all of our beers really truly from the farm.
5: And that's got to be an interesting challenge.
1: Definitely. Being a small batch, making your own uh, malt, and then brewing with that, um, it introduces a lot more variability. Um, and But it's such a reflection of our environment, and I think that's exactly what we want to showcase.
3: So Now, for those that are uninitiated, when you say small batch, what, what does that mean to... A consumer that may not be familiar with that terminology
1: so our brewing batches are about a thousand liters um, and then the malting batches that Andy does are about um, 500 to 600 kilograms of malt which is about two brews so Whereas when you order from a commercial maltster that, you know, they have silos upon silos of malt batches, Um, it can be, they're blended out much more, much more homogenous. Whereas I, every two brews, which is basically every week I'm brewing with a different malt batch um, that can be, it depends on the weather and the growing season. And if we're switching from, you know, 2021's barley year to 2022's, 2023's you know, being planted now. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, but to keep the beers the same and of the same quality is just an ongoing, uh, you just really have to be on top of everything.
3: Melanie, when when you, uh, when the doors open for Locality Brewing or or when the concept was designed and and drawn up, was it all pre-planned or did it kind of grow organically? Was this the concept you had specifically in mind?
10: I would say it was the dream, like the pipe dream. Um, it was kind of like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that we, we kind of were like that would be amazing, but that's crazy. Um, we kind of started with growing the barley. Um, again we like planted one acre of barley to start just to see if we could even grow it we hand scythed it we um, actually did everything by hand for that first acre to see even if we'd hit malt specs and then from there then we brought a malt or a thrashing machine from alberta tried that out did five acres and kind of expanded on that meanwhile andrew went to uh a malt uh Malt Conference, learn more about malting, and built a malt house. And the brewery was really the one, the next step that made sense.
3: So let me ask you, Andrew, is malting or the barley growing process anything like, say, the wine making process where the terroir is, is important? Like, We live in a rain belt for the most part, OK? Does that help you or does that hurt you?
15: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of discussion about flavor and, and uh, that nature, which what barley variety you're using versus um, that nurture what sort of environment you get on a season to season basis if it's wet or dry Um, so yeah there's definitely a lot of that that comes into it and a lot of uh, arguments but you know to Karen's point the brewery needs consistency so it's up to me to try and change the recipes of those malt batches so that the brewery gets sees as little variation as possible. We are talking Locality Brewing at
3: LocalityBrewing.ca online. Social media at Locality Brewing. Uh, Karen, what have you poured for us? Because I initially thought of Avril Lavigne, but that's maybe <laughs> giving my age away. Skaterade. Uh, I was thinking Skater Boy, but uh, mm-hmm. Skaterade. Tell us about it.
1: So Skaterade is a blonde ale that we've done specifically in collaboration with etnies and. Um, We put Kiwi in it and some electrolytes and it's kind of a refreshing beer for uh the skaterade event that we're having that we have had. Where we have skaters coming to, we have a skate bowl at Locality. Um, Andy's the skater.
3: Well, you got you got a full on (laughs) movie set. Why wouldn't you have a skater bowl, right? Of course, it was
1: a
4: secret bowl. Yeah,
15: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, definitely. You know, it's just that experience and a and a beer to complement like an outdoor activity, which we all love in BC. So, whether it's after a skate, skating you know at a skate park on a skateboard or Ice hockey, or you know, it's kind of like boat beer and everything else. You know, you want to pair it with a really memorable experience. So that's what this beer is all about. It's uh, it's light and easy drinking. So,
3: so full disclosure, Melanie, we were we were talking earlier with Tim Lahey of obviously a barley merchant, and uh, again, I have not yet been to Locality Brewing, and people keep reminding me it is such a unique facility. And they're talking about you could do like these amazing beer fests because you have all these movie fronts, like a general store and a saloon and and a city hall or whatever. What, what now that the good weather seems to be on the horizon? What uh, what can people expect at Locality Brewing?
10: Well, at Locality Brewing, actually, when you drive into Locality Brewing, you're gonna arrive. You're gonna see a giant cave-like structure. You're going to wonder where you are, what's happening, question what you're up to, and are you really at locality brewing? And once you get past that, and you wander into the parking lot, you'll realize you are at the brewery. Now that cave that you saw, that is where the film, or the series, When Calls the Heart first started. Um, and that is uh, the film that's uh, the series that's predominantly filmed um, at the Western Town at the moment. Uh, there's also Riverdale, Sabrina, all those uh, the shows where they kind of have a cave involved. They often will film there. Um, so in terms of movie sets, we hope in the future, once uh, When Calls the Heart has completed their series because they're still ongoing, that yes, we'll.
3: Hallmark come. movies never end. You know they that. never end. <laughs> <laughs> it is
10: going into season. I love 100, no. Season 100, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh, and
3: again, I'm guessing it's family-friendly. Uh, there's all sorts of activities that people can partake or just sightsee, enjoy some great beers. You are located at 7111 252nd Street in Langley. It is called Locality Brewing. Karen Cheshire, who is the head brewer, Melanie McInnes, the owner and general manager, and Andrew Hyman, the farmer and maltster. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again very soon. Cheers. Thank
12: you. Cheers.
10: Thank you very much.
5: Cheers.
0: This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 HD3, a Vancouver broadcast tradition since 2010. Check out the audio podcast at justhereforthebeer.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTB. Here again your hosts,
5: Joe Leary and Rick Moabier. Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 is supported by Vancouver Acting School. Attend everyday class in an active casting studio working alongside industry professionals in a real-world environment. Six-month government-accredited full-time diploma programs being, uh, begin in September. Apply now. VancouverActingSchool.com. Joe Leary and Rick Bohabir, we are wrapping up from our
3: dedicated North Langley Beer Show. Thanks to all of the uh, sponsors, all of the supporters. Thanks to Tim LaHaye of yes. Barley Merchant. And uh, also, Locality Brewing has done something really cool. They're doing, this is a really cool movie set brewery in the uh, Langley area on 252nd Street. They're doing a discount code, if you use the word Joe, discount code, use the word Joe, 20% off. Wow uh, until the end of May that's not maybe you and I have to come <laughs> out and start using the discount code Joe. No kidding. Anyway, that is a wrap. Thank you so much to our producer uh, Greg Ballack. Yes. Thank you for uh, everything that, that you do and you can check us out online just here for the listen to previous uh, episodes of the show and also follow us on social media at jhftb.com.
0: Just Here for the Beer Radio is heard exclusively on Sportsnet 650 and is podcast through justhereforthebeer.com. For more information, check out justhereforthebeer.com and on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTB.